a bright golden haze on the meadow. There's a bright golden haze on the meadow. The corn is as high as an elephant's And it looks like it's climbing clear up to the sky. Oh, what a beautiful morning. Oh, what a beautiful day. Oh, what a beautiful morning. Oh, what a beautiful day. I got a beautiful feeling Everything's going my way Well, Jello again. This is Buck Benny speaking. Welcome to another great episode of the Bing Crosby Show. Let's see, tonight on Bing Crosby, we have um, singer Burl Ives, who is also an actor and a very popular singer from the early 50s into the early 60s. He's probably best known to today's audience by being the um, snowman in the Rudolph the Red-Nosed Reindeer uh, animated uh, hour-long Christmas classic. Uh, I believe it was done in 1964. Anyway, he, he of course, plays the snowman in that and introduces the whole um, program. Uh, I was going to say it's the best animated I think you'd still call it animated, but it's sort of that claymation meets puppetry sort of thing that they do such a brilliant job of, uh, who is it, the team of uh, Rankin and Bass do a great job with, with those sorts of creations. I wish we still had more of those, actually. Though a lot of the television shows in recent years have been kind of having fun with that. Um, I'm trying to remember who did it uh, this year. It might have been the community television show, or I think who did it. It might have been them. Anyway, one of the NBC shows kind of did a spoof on that. Uh, as you think, I guess his most famous song from Rudolph the Red-Nosed Reindeer, besides Rudolph itself, was probably that Silver and Gold, you know, the whole Silver and Gold means so much more when I see Silver and gold decorations on every Christmas tree. I love the way he sings it. Anyway, enjoy the show. See you next time. Only one, only one cigarette, Chesterfield, gives you mildness plus no unpleasant aftertaste. What every smoker wants. By Chesterfield, Chesterfield, the one that proves its case. Yes, Chesterfields are milder, milder, plus no aftertaste. So home, open a pack and give them a sniff, then you'll smoke them. Someone waits for. This is Ken Carpenter, welcoming you to the Bing Crosby Show for Chesterfield, produced and transcribed in San Francisco, with John Scott Trotter and his orchestra, Judd Cotters of the Bears and Bing's guests, the Cass County Boys, and Burl Ives. 
And now, ladies and gentlemen, from the Marine Memorial Auditorium, we present Bing Crosby. Thank you. Thank you, Ken. Say, isn't it nice, Ken, to be up here again in San Francisco, Oh, huh? it's just wonderful, Bing. Uh, oh, by the way, what kind of a reception did you get when you arrived in what town What do you mean, reception? Morning? Reception? Oh, yeah, yes. Oh, same I always get. The bus driver shook me and said, here we are, put on your shoes and get off. <laughs> so I got off, I limped painfully over to the auditorium here. What do you mean you limped over here? I was a little sleepy, I put my shoes on the wrong feet. Say, <laughs> <laughs> so what were you doing on a bus? According to the pictures I've been seeing in the papers lately, you're a railroad man. Oh, you saw that? Yes, huh? I I'm, did. I'm an honorary engineer, folks, of the Erie Railroad. Mm -hmm. Those pictures, I look like a real hoghead, don't I? Well, uh, yes, but I'd be the last to mention oh. that. <laughs> hoghead, Ken, in, in railroad parlance, is, is uh, engineer. means engineer. Oh, is it? Yeah, well, oh, hoghead. Well, takes the mallet over the grade. Oh, I see. Yeah. Well, whatever it is, you look very authentic in that engineer's cap with that bandana around your neck. And I'm a trooper, you know. Hamilton watch yes. dangling from your pocket. Do I look like I know what time it is? <laughs> yes, huh? you do at that. Yeah. But uh, what's the idea of the Erie Railroad making you an honorary engineer? Well, Ken, this is the 100th anniversary of the railroad, and this week they reenacted the original run, which was made in 1851. Oh, I see. That original run in 1851, Ken, was a real gasser. I want to tell you, the passengers on the train included uh, Millard Fillmore, President of the United States, right. and the brilliant orator, Daniel Webster. Of course, in those days, he was Secretary of State. Gee, President Fillmore and Daniel Webster. Mm -hmm. Did you get to meet them, Bing? <laughs> silly, Ken. I didn't even make the trip. Well, why not? I was playing one-nighters with Whiteman in those oh. days. <laughs> Bing, I still Just can't understand. Just as rough, too, of <laughs> I still can't understand why the Erie Railroad should make you an engineer. That's simple, Ken. When I was a young man, I was practically the Casey Jones of the Northwest. Oh? I worked on a little railroad up there that ran through the apple country. Interesting. It was called the Spokane, Yakima, Wenatchee, and Delicious Railroad. Now, <laughs> well, look, I've heard of a streetcar named Desire, but I've never heard of a railroad named Delicious. Well, you just did, buddy. I, I was a big I... man on that railroad, Ken. I worked on a milk train. Oh, you the engineer on the milk train? Combination brakeman and milker. Oh. <laughs> Combination brakeman and milker? Yeah, instead of carrying a lantern, I carried a bucket. <laughs> well, hey, from a milker on little old milk train to honorary engineer on the area railroad, that's really going places. Just my lucky week. Yes, it is. <laughs> Ken, uh, if you think being an honorary engineer is something, where do you hear what else happened to me? You mean there's more? Oh, darn tootin', this happens to be Irish... Linen Week. No. Yes, sir. The Irish linen people have made Bing, me... you don't mean... The Irish linen people have made me an honorary tea towel. <laughs> I'm Mr. Glasscloth of 1951. Glasscloth? Yeah. Well, Bing, you're a big man. Yeah. I should think they could at least have made you an honorary tablecloth. Oh, I wouldn't complain about it. You know what they wanted to do first? They want to make me just a doily. <laughs> Just a little animacasser. Yes, huh? I could use one for my head. You could. <laughs> Anyhow, Ken, I think we'd better get on to the opening selection here. We've gabbed enough. In this instance, the opening selection happens to be a very sprightly thing. It has been scored for lute, flagellet, and spinet by John Trotter. <laughs> I play the tea towel. John, you ready? <laughs> I fell in love with you first time I looked into them, their eyes You got a certain little cute way Of flirting with them, their eyes They make me feel so happy They make me feel blue No stalling, 
I'm falling, going in a big way for sweet little you. My heart is jumping, you should start something with them. They're right. You'd better watch them. If you're wise, you're killing these guys. They sparkle, they bubble. They're gonna get you in a whole pack of trouble. You're overworking them. There's danger lurking in them. There I. Started something with them there. Them there, right? Oh, you'd better watch them if you're wise. Oh, they sparkle and they bubble. They're gonna get you in a whole pack of trouble. You're overworking them. There's danger lurking in them. There. Mary is the month of May itself. You think so? I well, think Ken, so. Let's, let's forget them, their eyes now, and get to selling them their milder Chesterfields. Okay. Huh? Friends, only one, only one cigarette, Chesterfield, gives you mildness plus no unpleasant aftertaste, what every smoker wants. And 1,539 tobacco growers tell you Chesterfields are milder. They say Chesterfield's right combination of the world's best tobaccos smells milder and smokes milder. And here's what modern science and research says. There's only one cigarette which leaves no unpleasant aftertaste. That cigarette is Chesterfield. Yes, only Chesterfield gives you mildness plus no unpleasant aftertaste. And that's more for your money than any other cigarette can give you. Prove it for yourself for the price of one pack. Yeah, that's all it comes down to, just the price of a pack of Chesterfields to prove Chesterfield is the best cigarette for you. Now, folks, I'd like to present three handsome lads here from Texas. These boys are known as the Cass County boys. They're all dressed up in their western finery. Kind of cut me tonight, didn't you, man? Yeah, no pictures. <laughs> no pictures. Well, they're really loaded. This, these singing instrumentalists have just finished a big season at the Rogers Ranch Club in Palm Springs. But you folks probably know them best for their work with Gene Autry on the radio and on his records. And here they are, the Cass County boys. Now get set at the microphone let the folks know who you are. I'm Jerry Scoggins. I hold a guitar, Bing. Go hold it. You better beat it a little, too, tonight. <laughs> I'm Bert Dodson, bass. Yes, sir, Bert. And I'm Freddie Martin, accordion. Freddie Martin. Say, you the Freddie Martin that has the orchestra? No, I'm the Freddie Martin that has the accordion. <laughs> I'm just checking. What are you fellas going to sing for us tonight? Oh, we might do that old tune, The Old Chisholm Trail, Bing. Old Chisholm Trail. I don't remember The Old Chisholm Trail. Fact is, I drove many a long horn steer from the Rio Grande Valley up to Abilene, Kansas. Yes, I did, before they put the railroad in. <laughs> that, uh, that was a pretty rough trip, wasn't it, uh, old-timer? Oh, it sure was. Dusty, too. Of course, I was Mr. Dustcloth then. <laughs> Let's have that chisholm fail, boy. Well, come along, boys. 
boys to listen to my tales. Tell you all my troubles on the old Chisholm Trail. Come a tie, I yippee yippee yay, yippee yay. Come a tie, I yippee yippee yay. I started up the trail October 23rd. Started up the trail with the two you heard. Come a tie, I yippee yippee yay, yippee yay. Come a tie, I yippee yippee yay. Woke up one morning on the old Chisholm Trail. A rope in my hand and a cow on the tail. Come a tie, I yippee yippee yay, yippee yay. Come a tie, I yippee yippee yay. The boss said, kill it. I hit him on the rump with the handle of a skillet. Come a tie, I yippee, 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 come a tie, I yippee, yippee. Cloudy in the west, looking like rain. I darned old slickers in the wagon again. Come a tie, I yippee, 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 come a tie, I yippee, yippee. should be proud of you fellas. You really can sing them songs. While you're singing, I was just, see old Johnny Wayne, I could just see him riding up the Chisholm Trail, <laughs> thinking how nice it was to be out there in the wide open spaces and number one at the box office. And <laughs> <laughs> I like the way, you know, I heard you do uh, Roving Kind down there at the Rogers Ranch Club. I, I like the way you do it. You think we could have a go at it? You and me too, that old sea chanty, the Roving Kind? Hmm? Okay, Bing, we'll uh, run out and change into our sailor suits and be right with oh, you. Oh, don't change the wardrobe. This is radio. No one will ever know what you're wearing. Come on, me lads, avast now. Keel all your rigging, cast off, John. We're ready. She had a dark and a roving eye And her hair hung down in ringlets She was a nice girl, a popper girl But one of the roving kind Well, as I cruised out one evening Upon a night's career I spied a lofty clipper ship And to her I did steer I heisted out my signals Which she so quickly knew and when again I smiled at her, she immediately hove to. She had a dark and a roving eye, and her hair hung down in ringlets. She was a nice girl, a proper girl, but one of the roving kind. Oh, pardon me, she says to me, for being out so late. But if my parents heard of this, <gasps> sad would be my fate. My father is in politics, a good and righteous man. My mother tends our humble home, I help her all I can. He took her for some fish and chips and treated her so fine. And hardly did he realize she was the roving kind. I kissed her lips, I missed her lips, found to my surprise she was nothing but a pirate ship rigged up in a disguise. She had a dark and a roving eye, and her hair hung down in ringlets. She was a nice girl, a proper girl, but one of the roving kind. So come all ye good sailor men, 
the wintry sea. And come all ye apprentice lads, a warning take from me. Beware of lofty clipper ships, they'll be the ruin of you. For it was there she made me walk the plank and push me under two. She had a dark and a roving eye and her hair hung down in ringlets. She was a nice girl, a proper girl, but one of the roving kind. Ever loving, roving kind. One of the roving kind. Legged boys, it's a shore patrol. Come on. <laughs> Thank you, Cass County boys. Very fun. Real nautical. Ladies and gentlemen, it's my pleasure now to present the Wayfaring Stranger, our most authentic delineator of American folk songs, the bearded bard of balladdom, Mr. Burl Ives. <laughs> Thanks, Bing. Fine. You remember where it was the last time I saw you? Mm, yeah. Oh, Paris. Yeah, remember? in Paris. Bumped into right. you on the street last summer. Uh-huh. Gosh, it seems only like yesterday. You and I were standing there in the Champs-Élysées. Remember? Yeah. We're standing there admiring the, the architecture. Yeah. There's some of the finest architecture in the world walking up and down that street. <laughs> All basic stuff. Nice. Yeah. Uh, well, yeah. so much for architecture. <laughs> <laughs> Say, Bing, uh, did, you ever, did you ever learn to speak uh, French while you were over there? Oh, little. I parlay the patois some, Burl, but uh, actually you don't have to speak French in Paris. The French are so understanding, so helpful. You sit down at a sidewalk cafe, and if you look hungry, the waiter brings you food. If you look thirsty, he brings you something to drink. And if you look at the girl at the next table, he introduces you. <laughs> See, like a darn fool, I always sat down and just looked hungry. <laughs> Well, you go back again. I hope so. <laughs> you got a song for us, Burl? Yeah, yeah, I have, Bing. Do you think the folks would like to hear uh, On Top of Old Smoking? Well, I know I would, and it's certainly a big song. <laughs> Just take the best shot, Burl. On top of old smoking All covered with snow I lost my true lover from a courtin' too slow. On top of old smoking, I went there to weep. A false-hearted lover is worse than a thief. For a thief he will rob you. And take what you hate But a false-hearted lover Will send you to your grave She'll hug you and kiss you And tell you more lies Than the cross ties on the railroad or the stars in the skies On top of old smoking All covered with snow 
was my true lover from a courtin to slow. Very nice. Very nice. <clears throat> Nobody sings in like you, boy. Well, thank you, Ben. Thank you. Say, so you got something else for us? Yeah. How about uh, you and me singing The Little White Duck, Ben? Little White... Little... Oh, the uh, song you made the recording of. Oh, yeah, I heard yeah, it. Very that's good. Right. Sure. I'll tell you what. I'll start it, Ben, right. and I'll be the little white duck, and you'll be the little green frog. What do you say? <laughs> nice casting. <laughs> <laughs> I jump at the chat. Start it off, Beryl. What do you mean, oh, what? <laughs> There's a little white duck sitting in the water A little white duck doing what he oughter He took a bite of a lily pad Flapped his wings and he said I'm glad I'm a little white duck Sitting in the water Quack, quack, quack There's a little green frog swimming in the water A little green frog doing what he oughter He jumped right off of the lily pad That the little duck bit And he said, I'm glad I'm a little green frog Swimming in the water Glump, glump, glump There's a little black bug Floating on the water A little black bug a doing what he order, he tickled the frog on the lily pad that the little duck bit, and he said, "I'm glad I'm a little black bug, a floating on the water." Chirp, chirp. There's a little red snake lying in the water, a little red snake. Doing what he order, he frightened the duck and the frog so bad he ate the little bug and he said, "I'm glad I'm a little red snake, a lion in the water." <laughs> now there's nobody left that's sitting in the water, and nobody left doing what he order. There's nothing left but the lily pad. The duck and the frog ran away. It's sad that there's, there's nobody, nobody left sitting in the water. Boo, hoo, hoo. <laughs> you think I was too precious in that eye? <laughs> But thank you, Beryl. That was wonderful. I get a big kick out of working with you. And that ends our sad tale, folks. But if the Cass County boys and the Rhythm Airs will gather around, I'd like to have a go here at an old song that has enjoyed a healthy revival recently. It's called Across the Wide Missouri. While we were at rehearsal, Brother Ives told me an interesting fact about this song. He said it was originally a sea chanty. But I guess the covered wagon boys coming across country in 49, they worked out a lyric to suit the environment they were in. Anyhow, here's the way it goes now.
true love stands across the river Far across the rolling river On the bank I hear her calling Away We're bound away Across the wide Missouri A roll, a rollery Across the wide Missouri A roll, a rollery Across the wide Missouri Oh, Shenandoah, I long to see you Far across the rolling river Oh, Shenandoah, I'll not deceive you ballad entitled Only One, Only One Cigarette, Chesterfield Gives You Mildness Plus No Unpleasant Aftertaste. Say, I like that title, Ken. It's a bit short, a little brief, a little terse, but it's catchy. How's it go? Well, it's all about a smoker who proved to himself that Chesterfields were milder. You mean he opened a pack of Chesterfields, took a whiff of that famous milder aroma? That's right. You see, he knew that tobaccos that smell milder smoke milder. Now, stop me if I'm wrong, Ken, but I'd say right about here he lit up and he knew he'd discovered the mild one, Chesterfield. The only cigarette that gives a smoker mildness, plus no unpleasant aftertaste. Oh, you must have heard it before, Bing. Well, it does sound familiar, Ken, but now come on, get to the moral. Well, it's simply this, folks. Remember Chesterfield's ABCs, the most famous ABCs in the world. They mean more today than ever before. They mean Chesterfields are A, always milder, B, better tasting, and C, cooler smoking. And only Chesterfield gives you this big plus, the biggest plus in smoking. They leave no unpleasant aftertaste. So remember to always... Buy Chesterfield, Chesterfield, the one that proves its case. Yes, Chesterfields are milder, milder, plus no aftertaste. So hold, open a pack, and give them a sniff, then you'll smoke them.
Fred Astaire picture, Royal Wedding, is one of the ballads written by Alan Lerner, Nancy Olson's husband, and Burton Lane. Too late now to forget your smile The way we cling when we've danced a while Too late now to forget and go on To someone new Too late now to forget your voice The way one word makes my heart rejoice Too late now to imagine myself Away from you All the things we've done together I relive when we're apart All the tender fun together Stays on in my heart How could I ever close the door And be the same as I was before Darling, no, no, I can't anymore It's too late now Could I ever close the door And be the same as I was before Darling, no, no, I can't anymore It's too My thanks to Burl Ives and to the Cass County boys for joining us in San Francisco this evening. Uh, who's going to be with you next week, Bing? Oh, next week, Burl, our guest will be Miss uh, Teresa Brewer. She's a very cute little girl, has a lively way with a song. And we also got Louis Armstrong and Jack Teagarden. A very, very substantial cast, I think, Burl. Mm-hmm. Should be jolly. How about going out and getting a little something to eat, Burl? I know a very good French restaurant up the street here, the uh, Paris Louvre. Oh, a French restaurant? Yes. Now, remember, if you look hungry, they bring you food. And if you look thirsty, they bring you a drink. Well, what happens if I look at the girl at the next table, Bing? Nothing. It's the boss's wife. <laughs> <laughs> I'll see you next week for Chesterfield, folks. The best cigarette for you to smoke. A reminder for you, folks. Have you sent for your copy of the new book, Tobacco Land, USA? It's important to you as a smoker. 
To get your copy, just put your name and address on a penny postcard and mail it to Chesterfield, Box 21, New York 8, New York. That's Chesterfield, Box 21, New York 8, New York, for your copy of Tobacco Land, USA. The Bing Crosby Show, presented by Chesterfield, was produced and transcribed in San Francisco by Bill Morrow and Myrtle McKenzie. Tune in next week and hear Bing and his guests, Louis Armstrong, Jack T. Garden, and Miss Teresa Brewer. Ladies and gentlemen, the Railroad Hour. And here comes our star-studded show train. Tonight, the Association of American Railroads presents the delightful operetta, Nina Rosa. Starring Gordon McRae and his charming guest, Mimi Benzel. Our choir is under the direction of Norman Luboff, and our music is prepared and conducted by Carmen Dragon. Yes, tonight another great musical success is brought to you by the American Railroads. The same railroads that bring you most of the food you eat, the clothes you wear, the fuel you burn, and all the other things you use in your daily life. And now, here is our star, Gordon McRae. Thank you, Marvin Miller, and good evening, ladies and gentlemen. Well, we know you're all going to be as delighted as we are with our lovely guest, Miss Mimi Benzel, and the wonderful Romberg music for Nina Rosa. This is a story of an American mining engineer, me. A gaucho from Peru. See, that's me. And the lovely daughter of an old Spanish gentleman, Nina Rosa. To begin with, Nina Rosa was beautiful. Uh, she was also rich, don't forget that. She owned the Nina Rosa mine. The fact that she was rich is completely beside the point. No, Bobby. no, 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 no. You talk like the idiot you are. If one is to put up with a woman, she should be rich as well as beautiful. Would you mind letting me tell the story? But you are leaving out the most interesting points. Well, my company had an option on this Peruvian mine, and I had been sent down there to find out whether it was of any value. And while I was there, I met Nina Rosa. The moment I saw her, I couldn't make any secret of how I felt about her. I didn't try. I guess I told everyone I met. I feel with pride when I'm by her side. I own all the wealth in Peru. When we go home, when we go home, when you take your sweet treasure with you. Silver in her hair 
found his mind, he found her at the start. Nina Rosa, I implore, be my rose forevermore. On your lips, the morning dew, on your cheeks, the blush that there might be a chance that she was in love with me. But the villain of the story kept mixing things up. Uh, 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 do you refer to me? I do. In my mind, I was not the villain. I was the hero. I, too, loved Nina Rosa. I, too, took the memory of her wherever I went. Her eyes, her smile, her gold mine, her voice.
I, too, was determined to have Nina Rosa for my own. Her and the Nina Rosa mine. But of course. Incidentally, Pablo, how did you find out the mine was so valuable? From one of your own men, gringo. One of my men? See, si. I'll tell you how it happened. I was walking down the road, and this fellow came up to me. And... Pablo. Hey, Pablo. Yeah? What do you want, gringo? Do you want to get rich? Uh, I am a practical man. To me, it has always been a most agreeable prospect. Okay, then I got a deal for you. You own stock in the Nina Rosa Mining Company, don't you? Gee? Well, today I came across a vein of the richest gold-bearing quartz I've ever seen. You've got a bonanza. I have? Mm-hmm. Well, well, well. Well, well, well. <laughs> now, Jack doesn't know about this. If I don't tell him, he won't exercise the option. The mine will be yours. And uh, what is your price for this information? Oh, um... A thousand shares of stock? Gee, a thousand shares? You strike a hard bargain. Ah, besides, what is the use? Jack Haynes will inspect the mine and find out its value himself. He doesn't have to find out. Huh? You have your knife, don't you? Do you think I would do a thing like that? I do. <laughs> You're right. <laughs> I think. Well, look. There's Nina Rosa with Jack now. She used to be your girl before he came here, wasn't she? Ah, she. She was my girl before he came here. you are. Oh, no. Pablo has asked me to marry him. Do you love him? Oh, I hate him. Well, then. But I also fear him. Oh, Jack, I cannot see you again. If Pablo thinks I am interested in you, he will kill you. He is very cruel. I'm not afraid of them. But I am afraid. So you and I must never meet again. Never speak. Never even smile. But I will remember you as long as I live. Oh, Nina. 
for the second act of Nina Rosa in just a moment. Next Saturday, as the nation celebrates Armed Forces Day, many of us will have a chance to see at first hand something of the progress being made in rearming America. First and most important in that effort comes the trained men and the other men in training who make up our armed forces on land and sea and in the air. But those of us who visit military installations next Saturday will be impressed with another thing, too. The vast amount and the great variety of equipment, munitions, and supplies which must be put in the hands of the men who make up the armed forces upon whom American safety and freedom depend. An essential part of the process of producing guns, tanks, ships, planes, and all the other things our men must have is transportation, the movement of millions of tons of raw materials and finished products. Moving the bulk of these materials from many sources moving them to factories all over the nation for fabrication, delivering the products to bases and camps and ports, that's primarily a job for the railroads. For just as was proved in World War II, when railroads moved more than 90% of all war freight, there is no substitute for the dependability, economy, and efficiency provided by big freight cars pulled over steel rails by powerful locomotives. Since the close of World War II, the railroads have spent almost one and one-half billion dollars for new freight cars. They have spent nearly as much for new locomotives and more than two billion dollars for improvements to tracks, signals, shops, and other facilities. And this year, they plan to spend still another billion and a quarter dollars for further improvements and increases in their carrying capacity. These enlarged and improved facilities are part of the productive strength of America. They are indeed an integral part of the growing might of the armed forces, the forces whose transportation needs have first call upon the facilities and services of America's railroads. That's why it's so important 
that the railroads be allowed to obtain the materials, particularly steel, they need to keep step with the demands of the nation's commerce and its rearmament program. And now here is the second act of Nina Rosa, starring Gordon McRae and his guest, Mimi Benzel. So this Pablo fellow came between Nina Rosa and me. There were plenty of other senoritas around, but I couldn't make myself pay any attention to them, no matter how pretty they were. Pretty senoritas, I must confess, you're as sweet as you can be. In your glance, there is fire when you dance, you inspire. I know that he means me. All of you chiquitas are more or less on the loose, you will agree. But where I am concerned, all the tables are turned. He means he is not free. Somebody has set my heart aflame. Nina Rosa is her name. Will it hurt if you flirt? Might as well, we won't tell. I'm afraid you could not amuse me now. For I'm in love and a said she loved me. That was because she thought you'd kill me if you'd thought she liked me. She was right. I would have. But I found out. I found out anyhow. I walked into her garden. She was all alone. She didn't hear me. At first, I thought she was singing for me. Until you walked in. There is but one I care to live
Jack Haynes, you lost. Pablo! Well, I'll break every bone in his body with my bare hands. You're welcome to try. Oh, Pablo, he means nothing to me. Yeah? Nina Rosa. Oh, I make a fool of him to amuse you. What do I care for this weak, spineless foreigner? You are a man, Pablo. <laughs> <laughs> you hear what she says, gringo? Yes, I hear what she says, Pablo. Glad to have amused you, senorita. Uh, I make of him the means me. Oh, he is not worth killing, Pablo. Do not even waste your time. Come. Spend it with me. <laughs> I, I do not think I quite trust you, Nina Ross. <laughs> have I not told you I loved you? What more can I do? You can marry me this very afternoon. This Afternoon? Marry me or he dies. Very well, Pablo. I'll marry you this afternoon. I went off a happy man to prepare for my marriage to Nina Rosa. I even invited you to the wedding. Yes, and I didn't accept. No, you were very bad sport about the whole matter. Well, my bride was waiting at the altar, dressed in white satin and the wedding veil of her mother. I was so excited I hardly looked at her. That's the last time I'll ever get that excited. And I was alone in my hotel room, packing to go home. When suddenly there was a knock at the door. <laughs> You, Nina Rosa. Oh, Jack, don't turn away from me. I had to say what I did. Pablo has the strength of a hundred men when he's angry. I said those things only to save you. And what about your marriage to Pablo? Jack, the wedding is taking place now. See, in my place, wearing my veil, is one of my friends. A girl who has always been in love with Pablo. Why? Only heaven knows. Oh, sweetheart, I can hardly believe what I hear. Oh, Jack, I love you. I love you. Your smiles, your tears, your hopes, 
ladies and gentlemen, and special thanks to Mimi Benzel, and thanks too to the other members of our cast, Marvin Miller and Peter Leeds, and to our entire company. Nina Rosa with music by Sigmund Romberg, book by Otto Harbach, and lyrics by Irving Caesar, was dramatized for The Railroad Hour by Gene Holloway. The Railroad Hour is brought to you each week at this time by the American Railroads. Folks, next Saturday, Armed Forces Day, is a good time to take stock of our own personal responsibilities for America's defense. And foremost among those responsibilities is a thorough knowledge of what to do to protect yourself, your family, and your community in the event of sudden surprise air attacks. The official air raid instructions prepared by the Civil Defense Authorities contains the information you need in order to do your part in such an emergency. Copies of the official Civil Defense Air Raid instructions can be obtained from your local authorities or by writing the Superintendent of Documents, Washington, D.C., and enclosing five cents in coin or stamps. Pull aboard! Well, looks as though we're ready to pull out, and so on to next week, uh, when we play the chocolate chocolate soldier. How now, brown cow? (laughs) (laughs) The chocolate soldier with Miss Marion Bell. This is Gordon McRae saying goodbye.
Nina Rosa was presented was presented by Special Arranger with the Tams Whitmark Music Library. Gordon McRae can currently be seen starring in Warner Brothers' West Point story. Our choir is under the direction of Norman Luboff, and our music is prepared and conducted by Carmen Dragon. This is Marvin Miller saying goodbye until next week for the American Railroad. And now, stay tuned for your Monday night of music on NBC. Hear Reza Stevens on the voice of Firestone on NBC. Thank you.